The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. Coming up this hour. U.S. lawmakers make plans to ban Russian oil as crude prices continue to climb. Moscow threatens to cut off natural gas supplies to Europe. Sticker shock at the pump as U.S. gas prices hit an all-time record. And the S&P 500 comes off its worst day since October of 2020. New York City prepares for the possibility of a cyber attack by Russia. Plus, President Biden will sign an executive order regulating cryptocurrency. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. A big night for Julius Randle. He led the Knicks to victory in Sacramento. The Islanders lost to Colorado. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are higher after the biggest one-day loss for stocks since 2020. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 16 points. Dow futures up 72. NASDAQ futures up 27. The DAX in Germany is up 1.4%. The 10-year Treasury down 19.30 seconds, yield 1.84%, and a yield on the two-year 1.59%. And NYMEX crude oil is is up 2.4%. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. But first, the latest on the war in Ukraine. Russia is now threatening to cut off natural gas supplies to Europe through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. That's in response to sanctions from the U.S., Europe, and their allies. Russian President Vladimir Putin says the war will continue until all his demands are met. But Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says it's not that simple. This is another ultimatum, and we are not prepared for ultimatums. What needs to be done is for President Putin to start talking, start the dialogue, instead of living in the informational bubble without oxygen. I think that's where he is. Ukrainian President Zelensky spoke to ABC News. Russia and Ukraine say they will talk again today about establishing humanitarian corridors for civilians fleeing the fighting. The first three rounds of negotiations haven't made much progress. Meantime, on Capitol Hill, Nathan, lawmakers are working to ramp up pressure on Moscow. They've come up with a plan to ban imports of Russian oil into the U.S. And Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Biden administration officials have been working out what the economic repercussions might be for U.S. consumers. The agreement would also give President Biden the power to boost tariffs on other imports from Russia and Belarus. It would seek a suspension of Russia's participation in the World Trade Organization. The White House has been noncommittal. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says no decision has been made yet. The best thing we can do is reduce our dependence on fossil fuels and foreign oil so that we're not worried about gas prices going up because of the whims of a foreign dictator. 
The House of Representatives could vote on the proposal as soon as tomorrow. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. And once again, we are seeing major market moves tied to the war in Ukraine. Let's get the very latest from Bloomberg's John Tucker live in New York. John. Nathan, disruption to energy markets and broader uncertainty sent the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 2.4% in Monday's session. The S&P 500 lost nearly 3%. The Nasdaq got pummeled down 3.6%. Well, this morning, stocks in Europe rallying along with U.S. futures after we reported that the European Union is considering joint bond sales to help counter the fallout from the war. Our sources say the bond sale proposal may be presented as soon as next week. On another front, the London Metal Exchange halted trading in its nickel market after an unprecedented price spike left brokers struggling to pay margin calls. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, oil prices are surging again this morning. If penalties hit Russian crude, there's likely no way to replace that production. That's according to OPEC Secretary General Mohamed Barkindo. How do we survive this crisis? There is no capacity in the world at the moment that can replace 7 million barrels of exports. OPEC Secretary General Mohamed Barkindo describes Russia's war against Ukraine as a humanitarian tragedy. Checking prices right now, NYMEX crude oil is up 2 and a third percent. It's at $122.23 a barrel. Brent is up 2 and a half percent at $126.27. Now we've seen gas prices surge over the past two weeks as well, Karen, and that is causing pain at the pump. But drivers say they would be willing to pay even more if it would end the war in Ukraine. Let's get the details now from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. Gas prices are soaring, but many drivers are saying we'll pay more at the pump. That's according to a Quinnipiac poll, which found 71% of Americans would support banning Russian oil, even if it leads to higher gas prices. The national average for gas has reached $4.17 a gallon, according to AAA. That tops the nationwide monthly record of $4.10 set back in 2008. In New York, I'm Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. Lisa, thank you. As war rages in Ukraine, top U.S. intelligence officials are coming out with their annual threat assessment. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence sees a grim global outlook thanks to Russia and China. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. The threat assessment says China is developing one of the greatest nuclear weapons forces in history, while Russia will exploit every opportunity to undermine the U.S. and its allies. The nation's top intelligence chiefs will testify about their report before the House committee today. The assessment is used by Congress as a baseline to make critical decisions, advance legislation, and craft budgets. But since it was written before Russia invaded Ukraine, lawmakers will likely press intelligence chiefs for the most current assessments during today's hearing. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Renita, thank you. Now, when it comes to the assessment for markets, it's all about the fallout from the war and the future of Fed policy. The Fed meets one week from today, and Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman says the central bank should still start rate hikes despite the war in Ukraine. Speaking in Sydney, Gorman said the Fed needs to contain prices, but also be careful not to tip the economy into recession. In corporate news, Nathan, Apple is holding its first product unveiling of 2022. The event kicks off what's expected to be its biggest year ever in terms of new devices. The company is poised to announce its first low-cost iPhone SE with 5G capabilities, a new iPad Air, and updated Macs with Apple-made chips. 
And finally, Karen Warren Buffett's back among the five richest people in the world. His fortune's risen more than 7% this year thanks to a rally in Berkshire Hathaway shares. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 41 degrees in Central Park. Seeing a lot of problems on mass transit this morning with down power cables from all the winds yesterday. Details on that coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York City is preparing for the possibility of a cyber attack by Russia. The city's chief technology officer, Matthew Frazier, says it could happen. We see threats pop up periodically. Those specifically associated to this heightened sense, we've seen an uptick. Um, but we're not aware of any campaign that's explicitly targeting the city itself. Tech Officer Frazier says New York is on ultra-high alert following U.S.-imposed sanctions against Russia for its ongoing invasion of Ukraine. The fear is Russia will try to retaliate. The NYPD's Deputy Commissioner John Miller. We get that we're in a heightened threat, um, and we have been gearing up for that heightened threat to come along from our normal high alert to ultra-high alert. And that's where we are. The NYPD's Miller says it's best to be ready just in case a homegrown terrorist strikes. President Joe Biden is expected to sign an executive order on cryptocurrency this week that will mark the first step toward regulating how digital currency is traded. The move comes as administration officials have raised concern in recent weeks about Russia's use of cryptocurrency to evade the impact of crushing sanctions. Tens of thousands of customers are without power in New York and New Jersey after a line of severe storms swept through the Northeast. This man in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, spent the night at a neighbor's house after a tree fell alongside his home, cut off his power, and blocked his front door. It started rain. I heard it pelting out of the window. And all of a sudden, it sounded like a, a train went through. And the wind was howled. And then, bada boom, it hit the house. He says they're waiting to see whether they can safely return to their house today. Jury selection begins today in the trial of four men who are accused of conspiring to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The government says the men were upset about Whitmer's COVID-19 restrictions, but defense lawyers claim the four were groomed and cajoled by federal agents and informants. The CDC raised its COVID-19 travel advisory for Hong Kong by one step to level four or very high, as the city's death rate is now the highest in the world. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. Biggest reason the Knicks so much better last season than this one. Julius Randle was so much better last season. But last night, Randle, as good as he has ever been, a career-high 46 points. He made eight three-pointers of the Knicks. Turned the table. Somebody blown leads lately. This time they made the comeback from 16 down, and they won in Sacramento, 131 to 115. The Knicks had their first two-game winning streak in nearly two months. Joel Embiid scored 43 in Philadelphia's win over Chicago. San Antonio beat the Lakers. Greg Popovich ties Don Nelson's record for most coaching victories. The Islanders welcomed in the NHL's best team. Colorado moved 30 games over 500, scored four goals in a span of less than four and a half minutes in the third period, and then held on with the Isles. 5-4. March Madness, championship game of the Southern Conference Tournament. 61-61 tie. Bothwell drives all the way in his layup is good. 
with 4.3 seconds left. David Jean Baptiste drives, goes up, three pointer on the way. He hit it. David Jean Baptiste, three at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Call on Learfield. Chattanooga beat Furman 64 63 in overtime. The Calvin Ridley story, not all that surprising considering the growth of sports betting, now legal in many states, so accessible with the touch of a phone. Ridley, the Falcons' star-wide receiver, admitted to making bets on NFL games, including bets on his team to win, although they were games he was not playing in. Regardless, hit with a suspension of at least all of 2022. It'll cost Ridley $11 million. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. Okay, John, thanks. S&P futures now up six points. Dow futures up one point. NASDAQ futures up four after yesterday's sell-off. The 10-year Treasury down 17.30 seconds. The yield, 1.83%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather. Sunny, continued breezy today with highs in the upper 40s. Light snow tomorrow morning, turning over into light rain. We'll have highs in the upper 30s. Back near 50 and partly sunny by Thursday. Right now, 41 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe are rallying along with U.S. stock index futures after we reported that the European Union is considering joint bond sales to help counter the fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Bonds are dropping, the euro strengthening. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up about 10 points. Dow futures up 26. NASDAQ futures up 10. The DAX in Germany is up six-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 17.30 seconds. Yield 1.83%. They yield on the two-year 1.59%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.9%, up $2.25 at $121.65 a barrel. COMEX gold up 7 tenths percent, or $13, at $2,009 an ounce. The euro, 1.0883 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3130. The yen's at 115.58. And Bitcoin this morning moving higher, up more than 2.5% at $38,850. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Russia's top energy official threatened to cut off natural gas flows from the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. It escalates economic tensions with Europe as the war in Ukraine continues. Russia and Ukraine have said they will continue to hold talks on a potential ceasefire, although a third round of discussions produced little progress. U.S. drivers are now paying more for gas than at any other time in history as demand surges and the war in Ukraine threatens global oil supplies. According to AAA, the average pump prices in the U.S. are now more than $4.17 per gallon. In the NBA, the Knicks won, the Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Islanders lost, the Bruins lost an OT to the Kings 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And as we continue following developments in the war in Ukraine, we're joined by Julie Norman now, professor and lecturer on politics and international relations at University College London. Here we are, professor, into day 13 of this 
this war, and Russia's President Vladimir Putin says it will continue until all his demands are met. What does this tell you about how much longer this war could grind on? Well, good morning, Nathan. Uh, you, the uh, length of this war is really uncertain, and we've known that from the beginning. Putin is continuing to demand that Ukraine recognizes his annexation of Crimea and also some of the eastern regions. He's still wanting Ukraine to commit to neutrality and to pledge not to join NATO. So as we know, these were some of his demands before the, uh, the escalation and before the invasion as well, and they seem to be what he is still pushing for. There have been talks going on. The uh, Ukrainian and Russian officials have met three times already with more talks planned. But right now, I think most of the emphasis will just be on trying to get some kind of ceasefires for some of these humanitarian corridors. And some of these bigger questions are still going to be outstanding for quite a while. We just heard from the uh, head of the refugee agency at the United Nations that the number of people fleeing the war in Ukraine has now topped two million. Is Europe able to handle this refugee influx? Well, what we've seen so far is actually a very uh, strong welcoming from Europe as much as they can. Uh, that's from both a civilian perspective, so people showing up at the borders, offering rooms in their houses, offering food, clothing, uh, and also from uh, EU countries to try and facilitate visas and temporary status and whatnot. But with that said, this is a very large number of people. It's a continually rising number of people. And I think the European countries, including the UK, and as well as non-European countries like the US, will really need to be focusing more on how to support a lot of refugees, of families who are fleeing, because this is... However long the actual military conflict goes on, the impact on civilians and people who have been forced to flee in particular is going to be even more long-lasting, and we need to start focusing efforts there. Are we seeing any signs that the Ukraine resistance is wearing down Russia's military and whether that could have any impact on how much longer this all lasts? Well, the resistance has obviously been much stronger than I think many predicted, Um with that said, you know, Russia, I think, has been uh, obviously stalled in many ways, but has also so far been focusing on, I would say, you know, trying to and largely focusing on, on targeting infrastructure, on kind of cutting off energy. And these kinds of things are going to have a very severe impact on civilians. We've already seen some cities where now tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people are cut off from water, from heat. They're going to be running out of food. And so even though it's not um, the same as, say, like, uh, you know, a nuclear attack on a city or something like that, we are going to see the civilian uh, pressures uh, increasing with this kind of siege uh, kind of operations. And those are things that it's uh, it's hard for a resistance movement to, to push back when it's those kinds of grievances that people are starting to feel. And that's the kind of squeeze that might put the pressure on to, uh, to try and try and change the dynamics. What kind of pressure could Russia feel from the moves we're seeing out of the White House and on Capitol Hill? We're hearing that Congress is getting closer to an agreement on banning Russian oil imports in this country. Yeah, so we uh, heard yesterday that congressional leaders from both parties seem to be moving towards this, but I would emphasize that it's definitely not confirmed yet, and uh, there's definitely difference among allies on how to move forward on the energy-related sanctions in particular. For the U.S., it's not quite as costly. Uh, our imports of crude in particular are quite low, um, as opposed to Europe, where, you know, about a third, if not more, of some of their gas and uh, oil imports come from Russia. So, one thing that the Biden administration has been very clear on from the beginning is not wanting to divide allies. I think they're going to be cautious in how they do that. And also recognizing that not only will that 
inflate gas prices even further at home, but will also have some other knock-on effects. It'll push Russia closer to China. It could prompt Russia to cut off all gas and oil to Europe. And it also kind of forces the U.S. and allies to look to other sources for that oil supply, including Venezuela and other actors where they've already had sanctions before. So I would say there's a lot of political goodwill, and I think for the right reasons, but there's a lot of moving parts around that that will need to be considered. So great to get your insights, as always. Thanks for being with us this morning. Julie Norman, professor and lecturer on politics and international relations at University College London. Uh, futures in the U.S. have been fluctuating this morning. Right now, they're pointing just a little bit lower with S&P futures. Little change to the downside right now. Dow futures down 32 points. NASDAQ futures are lower now by 23 points. That's a drop of two-tenths of one percent after yesterday's sell-off. Ten-year Treasury is down 16, 30 seconds down. The yield 1.83 percent. Yield on the two-year 1.58. And NYMEX crude right now is up 2.1 percent, up $2.54, $121.93 a barrel as the surge in crude continues. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, breezy, upper 40s today. Light snow developing tomorrow, ending as light rain late. Highs in the upper 30s. We'll be back near 50 by Thursday. Right now, 41 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour, beginning in Ukraine. Moscow is now threatening to cut off natural gas supplies to Europe. That's after a third round of talks between Russia and Ukraine failed to make progress. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. Russia says it has heard nothing from Ukraine that would make a change direction. And Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky in an exclusive ABC interview says Russia just wants to make threats and issue ultimatums. And then talking about Vladimir Putin through a translator. Start the dialogue instead of living in the informational bubble without oxygen. I think that's where he is. And U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has again rejected the plea for a no-fly zone, saying it could lead to widening the war. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. We also have developments on Russia out of Capitol Hill. Congress has announced the outline of a bill to bar imports of Russian oil to the U.S. The House could vote on the proposal as soon as tomorrow. Well, on Wall Street, Nathan, U.S. futures are higher after yesterday's sell-off. And we get the latest on the markets live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Karen, sentiment has improved on the heels of our report that the European Union is considering joint bond sales to help counter the fallout from Russia's invasion. The possibility of further central bank stimulus is lifting risk appetite. In yesterday's session, stocks were pummeled, with the Nasdaq tumbling over 3.5%. Meantime, the London Metal Exchange suspended trading in nickel after a short squeeze drove the metal's price to more than double. 
Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, John, thanks. There's more pain at the pump this morning. U.S. drivers are now paying the most ever for gas. Average prices have hit $4.17 a gallon. AAA says that's the highest level in records going back more than 20 years. Well, as war rages in Ukraine, Nathan, top U.S. intelligence officials are out with their annual threat assessment. It's a grim global outlook thanks to Russia and China. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. The threat assessment says China is developing one of the greatest nuclear weapons forces in history, while Russia will exploit every opportunity to undermine the U.S. and its allies. The nation's top intelligence chiefs will testify about their report before the House committee today. But since it was written before Russia invaded Ukraine, lawmakers will likely press them for a more current assessment. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. S&P futures higher, up seven points. Dow futures up 13. NASDAQ futures up three. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thanks. 533 on Wall Street, 41 degrees in Central Park. And New Jersey uh, Transit Service is suspended on the Morris Exus Gladstone branch thanks to the storms while the workaround's coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Officials say Russian cyber attacks against the U.S. are a reality. The United States could be targeted in retaliation for the sanctions levied against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. Major cities like New York City are beefing up security. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York says the level of risk is very high. Russia's military attack on Ukraine's cities and buildings have happened in conjunction with cyber attacks waged on Ukraine's critical infrastructure from its banks to departments of government. And there's no guarantee that those attacks will be limited to Ukraine. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, New York City Deputy Police Commissioner John Miller, says the city is on ultra-high alert. President Joe Biden plans to sign an executive order on cryptocurrency this week in a step toward regulating how digital currency is traded. Administration officials are concerned about Russia's use of cryptocurrency to evade the impact of crushing sanctions in response to its invasion of Ukraine. The sanctions have sent the ruble to historic lows. A bill designed for designated for lynching as a federal hate crime is headed to President Joe Biden's desk for his signature. The Senate passed the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. After more than 200 failed attempts to outlaw lynching, Congress is finally succeeding in taking the long overdue action by passing the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. Senator Schumer says the bill is named after 14-year-old Emmett Till, who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955. In a victory for Democrats, the Supreme Court has turned away efforts from Republicans in North Carolina and Pennsylvania to block state court-ordered congressional districting plans. The justices are allowing maps selected by each state Supreme Court to be in effect for the 2022 elections. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. Knicks off the win Sunday in L.A. over the Clippers that ended a seven-game losing streak. Moved north, fell behind, and then last year's All-Star led them back. Knicks can take their first lead of the game with a three. Randall lets it fly and hits from the right wing. And the Knicks, once down 20, have come back 
They lead 81-80 in Sacramento. Randall at the left wing. Steps out. Three-pointer. Got it. Julius Randall with 35 points. He has matched his season high. Knicks by 10. WEPN had the calls. Knicks beat the Kings 131-115. They scored 44 points in the third quarter. And Randall, who was so good last year, not nearly as good this season, finished with a career-high 46 points. R.J. Barrett had a 29 Emmanuel quickly had 27. The UBS Arena wild third period. Colorado scored four goals in a span of just over four minutes and led 5-1. to one. The Islanders rallied, but the league-leading Avalanche held on to win 5-4. Isles have lost five of their last seven. The Seahawks of Wagner College with a win tonight in Smithfield, Rhode Island, over Bryant College will win the Northeast Conference Tournament in advance. To the NCAA's Manhattan plays Ryder at the Mac Tourney at Atlantic City. The ACC tournament begins tonight at the Barclays Center. Jets owner Woody Johnson now wants to buy Chelsea FC of the English Premier League, currently owned by a Russian oligarch. Price tag said to be about two and a half billion dollars. If it's Tuesday, it must be time to cancel another week of the baseball regular season. Happened a week ago, and it'll happen again tonight if there's no lockout ending later. So optimistic. Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says the state's considering action against dozens of Russian-linked Luke Oil gas stations. Last week, he signed a proclamation directing state agencies to review their authority to suspend licenses of Russia-owned businesses or firms that directly invest in firms tied to Russia or Belarus. Rents in New York rose 33% between January 2021 and January 2022. That's according to the online listing site Apartment List. The increase is about double the national rate and the highest increase among the 100 biggest American cities tracked by the site. New York City subways are still only a little more than half full two years after the pandemic rocked the finances of the biggest U.S. transportation network. In an interview with Bloomberg, the head of the MTA says he's now preparing for a future in which millions of riders just don't return. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about how the flow of lattes on Wall Street reflects the return to the office boost in the financial district. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KRLD in Dallas. Airlines are facing a dilemma over raising fares as fuel jumps. I'm Caroline Hepke on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on UK petrol and diesel prices hitting a record as the war in Ukraine upends markets. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting a development team wants to convert an old Fisher body plant into apartments, retail, and more. Those are some of the stories. Our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. Across the U.S., state and local officials have been putting forth high-profile plans to accept taxes in Bitcoin. Meanwhile, the mayors of two major American cities have taken their salaries in cryptocurrencies. One can't help but appreciate the irony of officials rushing to embrace crypto, a movement originally aimed at obviating the need for central authorities. To be fair, the hype surrounding blockchain technology isn't entirely unjustified. Properly regulated, digital currencies could potentially make the financial system more resilient. But the state and local initiatives at issue seem mostly concerned with generating publicity and latching on to the current crypto frenzy. 
That said, there's nothing wrong with a bit of experimentation if it doesn't harm anyone and might induce some innovation. Just don't mistake it for the legitimization of a technology that still has a long way to go. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. You can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go, and Terminal customers may have seen these red headlines cross the Bloomberg a couple moments ago. Shell says it will stop all spot purchases of Russian crude oil and begin a phased withdrawal from Russian pipeline gas and LNG. Shell bought a cargo of Russian Urals oil at a record discount last week. In a statement, Shell's CEO is apologizing. Futures mixed now. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, breezy, upper 40s today. Light snow tomorrow morning, ending as light rain late tomorrow, upper 30s. We'll be back near 50 and partly sunny by Thursday. Right now, 41 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by SEI with an operating platform designed to support all major asset classes, diverse strategies, and investment vehicles. SEI is redefining wealth management. Learn more at SCIC.com slash IMS. Stocks in Europe are rallying along with U.S. stock index futures after we reported that the European Union is considering joint bond sales to help counter the fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Bonds are dropping the euro strengthening. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 15 points, Dow futures up 76, NASDAQ futures up 28. The DAX in Germany is up about six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 20, 30 seconds, yield 1.84 percent. They yield on the two-year 1.59 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.9 percent of $3.41 at $122.81 a barrel. COMEX gold up eight-tenths percent or $15.80 at $2,11.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0882 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3125. The yen's at 115.60. Bitcoin is higher, up almost 3% at $38,900. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. As the Russian invasion continues, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky hopes Russia will honor a ceasefire meant to establish a humanitarian corridor rather than break it again. Over one and a half million people have already fled the country. Ukraine is demanding NATO impose a no-fly zone to prevent further civilian deaths, though President Biden opposes this, saying it risks direct conflict between NATO and Russia. According to AAA, the average gas prices in the U.S. at the pump are now more than $4.17 per gallon. The record prices come as demand surges and the war in Ukraine threatens global oil supplies. In the NBA, the Knicks won, the Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Islanders lost, the Bruins lost an OT to the Kings 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get more now on the potential economic impact of the ongoing war in Ukraine. Jennifer Lee is with us now, senior economist at BMO Capital Markets. Jennifer, it's always good to speak with you. And as we heard from Michael Barr, yes, gas prices are at a record in this country. We're also seeing huge surges in other commodities like, of course, crude oil and the major spike in nickel, wheat, uh, so many other uh, assets are surging in price right now. What is the potential economic impact of all these major gains in prices? Well, good morning. Um, you know, uh, I think the, the the impact is clearly going to be negative uh, for for the U.S. economy. Um, the good thing is that I will point out the, the the positive aspect is at least the U.S. is coming from a position of strength right now. So. Instead of, you know, for example, 3.5% growth that we were expecting this year, we're probably going to look at slower growth, um, still growth nonetheless, but clearly the the impact of of inflation is going to have that dampening impact overall. But but I will also point out that consumers are going to be leaning on more of their savings, so at least they have that cushion, um, which uh, which is one piece of good news, I think, for this. When you see gas prices moving this high, how does that affect other uh, sectors of uh, American spending power? Well, first, it's going to hit uh, um, obviously maybe the 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 choice or the willingness to to drive. You know, you could start seeing some pullback on that and decisions on you know, do I need to go to the store or maybe I can get an extra few things while I'm there to save myself the trip. Um, but of course, there's like it's it's not just gasoline as well. It's it's all the other energy prices that are used for business by businesses. Um, so you can you can probably potentially see some pullback on business spending on on uh, on uh, capital spending perhaps just because energy bills are rising so quickly. I guess the question is going to be how long this can be sustained for. If this is going to be only you know, uh, uh, another couple of weeks or whatever, and I don't know how the answer to that, that would you know then then the longer term um, impact I think would be minimal. But for uh, but certainly on the short term, you know you're going to see a lot more choppiness in terms of decision making, in terms of spending as well. Do you think we're headed into stagflation in this country? Oh, that that lovely word. So yeah. <laughs> I remember this summer, some people were were already talking about stagflation, but for for totally different reasons. And I definitely shrugged that one off. Now I think you know it's it's a little bit more humbling now, but I think it is a possibility, something that I would certainly not dismiss. Um, maybe that is possible. I think for Europe for sure. Um, uh, as a stronger possibility, as I should say. But again, the U.S. is coming from a stronger um, um, basis of strength as well. So I think it is less likely, but not unlikely, if I could be so vague. <laughs> okay. How does this all affect the Fed and the path for interest rates? Does Does the Fed need to act right now? I think right now they still need to, and and the, that first uh, meeting is is coming just around the corner. It's just next week, so we still continue to look for 25 basis points next week. And uh, Fed Chair Powell last week was uh, extremely clear. I don't think I've ever heard any central banker that clear. You know, when he was saying that, you know, that that he is going to be voting for a 25 basis point rate hike, he said that he would not be adverse to 50 basis points at, um, at another meeting or meetings. And I thought it was interesting that he used the plural for meeting. Um, so I think the Fed will continue to, to move forward. Uh, again, our, our base case scenario is still for five basis points, uh, five moves this year. But um, I think they're going to move a lot more cautiously. It's not a guarantee for sure. They're going to keep watching the data and watching markets to see, you know, how, how quickly they should and how firmly they should move ahead. But interesting thing is that, you know, if um, inflation, you know, could 
potentially break, put the brakes on, on economic growth a little bit at least, um, that might actually do part of the job, the Fed's job for it. Thank you, as always, Jennifer. Good to have you with us. Jennifer Lee is Senior Economist at BMO Capital Markets. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. In a decision that could affect thousands of defendants, the Supreme Court curbed mandatory minimum sentences in federal gun cases. The high court sided with the defense in a dispute over what it means to commit crimes on different occasions. The EPA will look into whether a silicone chemical used in toys, auto care, and laundry products should be restricted in some way because of potential risk. The city of Los Angeles is suing Monsanto, charging that the company is responsible for widespread contamination of waterways. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching brings us to the Supreme Court. It's refused to reinstate Bill Cosby's conviction for sexual assault, rejecting an appeal by prosecutors in Pennsylvania. Without comment, the justices left intact a ruling that the state reneged on an agreement not to prosecute Cosby. The 84-year-old was released from prison last year after serving almost three years of a three- to ten-year sentence. For more on the case, June Grasso speaks to Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr. What was the basis for the appeal to the Supreme Court? Well, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out Cosby's conviction. And what the court said was back when the first district attorney to look at the case decided not to prosecute, he put out a press release and, according to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, made a promise that Cosby wouldn't be prosecuted. Then in a civil suit, Cosby relied on that decision, according to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and testified in that civil suit and incriminated himself. And then a different district attorney came along and said, I am going to prosecute and I'm going to use that civil testimony in the prosecution. So that's why the conviction was thrown out in the first place. And Pennsylvania prosecutors went to the U.S. Supreme Court saying that the Pennsylvania court had misunderstood the Fifth Amendment and the right against self-incrimination and that Cosby's reliance on this alleged promise was not reasonable. This is a very fact-specific case based on the very odd facts here. So that's not the kind of case that the Supreme Court would normally take. Yeah, and that may be why the Supreme Court decided not to take up the case. They may well have agreed with that assessment. You know, from the standpoint of the prosecutors, they said the legal question here was that the Pennsylvania court did not require Bill Cosby to show that his reliance on the statements of the district attorney was reasonable. And they say that's a legal error. The court should have required a showing that, that Cosby acted reasonably. But we don't know what was said by the district attorney to Cosby's lawyers beyond the press release. Certainly what Cosby's lawyers argue, what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court found, was that it wasn't just the press release that he was relying on, that there was evidence that there was indeed an agreement that he wouldn't be prosecuted. And the motivation, they say, for that agreement was that that the, the district attorney has decided that it would be better to let the civil case go forward rather than hold the possibility of prosecution over Cosby's head and thus keep him from being able to testify in that civil case. 
And that's Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Stewart speaking with June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at Bloomberg Law. Com. Again, futures are on the rise this morning with S&P futures up 18 points, Dow futures up 100, NASDAQ futures up 33, the 10-year Treasury down 18.30 seconds, the yield 1.83% and the yield on the two-year 1.59%. And still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.